Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every week we gather around this table, and sometimes we are full of energy. And other times, Rachel, you and I need two or three extra cups of coffee because we didn't get a good night's sleep. (laughs) Today, I want to talk about something that maybe can help us do a better job of sleeping. Now, Luann, are you historically a good sleeper? Like my husband, Rick, it doesn't matter where he is. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter what is happening in our lives. When he lays his head down on that pillow, he is out in five minutes or less every night of every year. Are you like that? Not at all. My husband is like that. He can lay down and he's gone for the night and he wakes up refreshed and feeling great. I, on the other hand, sometimes have a hard time turning my brain off and not thinking about everything under the sun or waking up in the middle of the night with a million things on my mind. Can you relate? Yes. I don't tend to wake up a lot during the night with worries, but it can take me an incredibly long time to turn off my brain and fall asleep, like an exhaustingly long time. It's exhausting, and yet I don't sleep. Well, I don't always wake up worrying. I just wake up. I mean, I wake up, and I am I may be anxious to get the day started, and I'm looking at the clock and going, is 4 o'clock really too early to get up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm ready to go. I'm kind of like uh, the, the horse in the gate, just kind of chomping at the bit. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And I, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. So, you know, I, maybe it's from those kid days when you just didn't want to go to sleep because you knew something fun and exciting was going to happen while your eyes were closed. Well, you know, I have a neighbor who would probably love to wake up early because he was excited about what was going to happen. Instead, he's, it seems like at least four or five days of the week that I see him. How you doing? You know, he'll be like, oh, I'm all right, but I'm a little tired. You know, he'll tell me he woke up at two or three or four and that he couldn't get back to sleep and that he's worrying about stuff at work. Um, so, so yeah, I think, you know, probably not ideal that you're waking up and not getting a solid night's sleep, but at least you're waking up excited about the day and not uh, worrying about or dreading something that's going on. You know, over 20% of Americans, and that's uh, that's what they figure the minimum number is, that it's likely higher, but at least 20% of Americans suffer from some sort of chronic sleep loss. Um, and this leads to, you know, all the stuff that we, we hear about weight gain and high blood pressure, um, an impaired immune system, and just generally not loving life. Sleep is important, and you know, we've had our friend Lisa Marone on several times who's written some books on how important sleep is for your health. I think it's just good for your all-around well-being, too. You just feel better if you had a really great night's sleep. So today, I want to talk about something that we have discovered will help you get the best sleep ever. 
Well, it's this tiny little thing called gratitude. What? So let, <laughs> <laughs> let me explain that. But let me first tell you that um, about a year ago, I was sleeping very poorly. I have busy days. I know we all do. I don't tend to watch TV during the day. Uh, while I am online off and on during the day, I don't tend to, like, I don't, ha- I don't look at news sites. I don't have headlines pop up on my phone. So I generally don't know what's happening in the greater world during the day. Um, And as we've all experienced, the 2016 election was pretty tumultuous. And and then the 2017, it just seems like the news cycles, you know, were just, you know, explosive all the time. You know, it was just, it's been a crazy time, it seems. And so I felt like I needed to stay in the know on what was happening because everywhere I went, people were talking about what was in the news or, or what had just been reported. And I was clueless. So about a year ago or so, I got in the habit of, at the very end of my day, before going to sleep, I would get in bed and I'd have my iPad and I would catch up on the news. I'd read the news online. That was a terrible practice. My sleep quality plummeted very quickly, very deeply over the course of maybe a month or two. And so this is what I learned. There's some research that dates all the way back to like 2009. It started in the UK and then it's been replicated here in the United States. These British researchers tested the effects of gratitude on sleep quality. They took 400 men and women and about 40% of them had issues with sleeping, trouble sleeping. Um, And then about 60% of them generally didn't. And what they found was the more um, gratitude the person held, the better they tended to be at sleeping. Um, So what they found was gratitude was uniquely related to total sleep quality, including how fast you fall asleep, how well you stay asleep through the night, and how rested you feel the following day. It goes back to how we can offer up our thanksgiving to God, and we pray before we go to sleep. If we don't make it a a, a, a I need and I want list, which is what prayer often turns into, like, Lord, will you bless me, bless me, bless me, or Lord, I really need this. How about if our nighttime prayers focus only on what we're grateful for? And we just begin early in the evening and we say, Lord, thank you so much for this warm house that we have. Thank you for my family that is nearby. Thank you for, and just start down the list, even before you get to bed. But if you start your gratitude list in the evening time, research says you're going to get a good night's rest. Absolutely. And and I have done this off and on in the past. Off and on in my past, I have kept a gratitude journal right beside my bed with a pen and with the the notion or the, the, the rules, I guess you would say, that when I climbed into bed before I turned out the light, I had to write down three to five things that I was grateful for. It could be big things. It could be small things. Um, I tried not to repeat the same things over and I can always say that I'm grateful for my husband, right? Or my children. I tried to find new things each day. 
Um, so I've done this off and on, but I seem to fall out of the habit. And the combination of falling out of that habit and following into the habit of reading of about everything that was wrong with the world right before I went to bed um, wrecked my sleep. But I'll tell you, um, some American researchers in, in 2011 studied college students, and they had them write in a gratitude journal for about 15 minutes every night. And sure enough, the, the, the students who notoriously are poor sleepers, college students it, notoriously get a, not enough sleep, and they're worried about all kinds of things. Um, it, helped, it helped their sleep, you know. So this research is, is proven over and over and over. Writing in a gratitude journal... Um, right before bedtime really does help. All right. So oftentimes it gets right back to what we allow our minds to think about. And I know we seem to talk about that quite a bit, but that's where everything starts, Rachel. Every, every good thing, every bad thing, every sin, every blessing, every, everything that we tend to allow in our mind will direct our day. And, you know, I, I remember the, the saying that says you can't, uh, you can't adjust the wind, but you can adjust your sails. And so how about if we adjust the things that are going into our mind, like being thankful, and when we just intentionally write down those things, and even though we go through trials and bad things in our lives, there's always something to be thankful for. For example, when my husband was in the hospital for a month, I could have focused on the fear of losing him because he did stop, his heart stopped while I was holding his hand. So I could have lived every moment in fear that that was going to happen again. But I chose to look around me and say, thank you that we are in this hospital that has such great caregivers. Thank you for the attention to detail that they give him every moment. Thank you for the technology that allows them to see inside my husband's heart, even while he's sleeping. Thank you for the cleanliness of this place, you know, so he doesn't get the germs that sometimes take over when you're sick. Thank you that we have warm blankets to cozy in while we're waiting for him to get better. There is a, a myriad of things everywhere we are, no matter what we're going through, that we can be thankful for. And it's just a choice. It's a choice that we make on how we are putting things into our mind and deciding to be grateful. Well, what you're describing there is you were managing your own mind rather than letting your thoughts sort of run roughshod over you and over your faith. You were actively managing your mind by focusing on what you have to be grateful for, and that in turn grows your faith instead of erodes your faith. And, you know, it also helped me sleep. I mean, when, when you see where I slept in that hospital... <laughs> on a hard little chair that they called a recliner, but all it, I mean, yes, the foot popped up, but the chair was hard plastic. And when you look at that, when I look at those pictures now of that chair, and I think, how in the world did I get a good night's sleep there? Well, 
I believe with all my heart it was because I was thanking God every night for the things that were right, the things that, like, Lord, thank you for letting us find this in time. Lord, thank you that that nurse paid attention tonight and brought my husband what he absolutely needed. Thank you, Lord. And I would, uh, I would just fall asleep like a baby in that hospital, even with all the clamoring noise going on around me. You know, when you said, you know, that you could fall asleep every night despite everything going on in your life and, and around you, it makes me think of David who, you know, he was, he was king on the throne for a while and things, uh, things went south and there was an uprising against him. And there's this whole section of the Bible where it talks about David's on the run, right? He's being chased. He's got, he's got some soldiers with him. He's got some men that are loyal to him, but he's left his throne. He's left this capital city. He's out in the wilderness and he's literally on the run because there are thousands of people hunting him down, um, looking to kill him and take the throne. So that's a bit stressful, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, and, and what I love is in the Psalms, you see over and over, you see David saying, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you, O Lord, give me rest. He's laying in a cave with his head on a rock with men hunting him down. And this is what he says, I will sleep in peace because I know you're on the throne and you have me. So yeah, David's managing his mind. Mind, right, right before he goes to sleep, he's he's telling himself, "I'm going to sleep well um, because I know that my God has me. He has this, you know." Absolutely, and I believe that your suggestion for writing it down, keeping that journal, and you know what? Whenever anybody tells me I need to keep a journal, I get a little bit anxious because I'm afraid I'm going to let myself down because I'm going to forget. I'm not going to get it all done. It's like another thing on my to-do list. But instead of looking at your gratitude journal as another thing to do, look at it as a sleep aid. This is a way for you to not only get a better night's rest, but tell God all the things that you're grateful for. And if you write it down, there's something that happens. I can't really describe it. But Rachel, would you agree when you take that pen in your hand and you write down the things that you're grateful for and you keep it next to your nightstand, there's something that happens where it's like it transfers all of your thoughts onto that paper. And I almost get weepy when... I do that because it, it makes it more real to me. It's not like a fleeting thought. It is something that has now become permanent in ink on paper where I say, God, you have been so good to me. Today, as a matter of fact, I saw that bird. You know, I saw the beauty in the wings of that bird. And I am so grateful that you allowed me to see that that little bit of beauty right outside the hospital window today. Whatever it is that you're grateful for, when you write it down on your nightstand, something happens. And the fact is, they say that if you get in the habit of doing that and you do it for two weeks, you are going to see an increase in your sleep satisfaction because 
when your eyes close and your head hits that pillow, you're going to be restful. Absolutely. There is something that um, makes it more concrete uh, when you write it down than when it is a thought that goes through your mind. There's something that cements it, if you will, in your memory when you write it down. And so absolutely, you can just think your thoughts or even say them out loud to God in prayer. Thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for that. And that is beneficial. But if you really want to get the most bang for your gratitude buck, if you will, um, just jot it down. And I know, y'all know I'm forever, you know, advocating journaling. And I know there are a lot of people out there who are had that same response you do, Lou. It's like, oh, really? Another thing on my to-do list? I ain't got time to sit down and write about stuff. <laughs> uh, but that's the beauty of a gratitude journal. Even a non-journaler can absolutely keep a gratitude journal because it does not need to be anything more than jotting down today's date and then writing number one. One, number two, number three. And beside each of those, just put something down you're grateful for. It could say, you know, number one, the beautiful bird I saw outside the window. Number two, the meatloaf turned out moist and delicious. (laughs) Number three, I actually slept good last night. (laughs) I mean, and you're done. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to write paragraphs of prose. Um, You don't have to explain what was wonderful about each of those things. Um, And sometimes when I sit down and I open that journal and and I think, I don't, today was a hard day. I don't know what I'm grateful for today. But if I just scan up my list of, you know, the last several days of things, I'm like, oh yeah, that meatloaf was really good. Well, I did have a good cheddar sandwich today that I guess I could be thankful for cheese. Yeah, God, thanks for making cheese. Uh, You know, sometimes it just prompts your memory. It does not have to be big, huge, grand theological things. Sometimes I will write, Lord, I'm thankful that your mercies are new every morning. And sometimes I'll write, thanks that the meatloaf was so yummy. I really needed a, a, a good warm meal today. You know, that's it. Right. I think more than anything, it just shifts our focus out of everything that's been happening, all the crazy things that have happened during our day or the bad news, it shifts our focus so that we start looking at, no, there are great things. Here is what I have found in in keeping a gratitude journal is not only does it right there, you know, um, at my bedside before I climb into bed to sleep, not only does it shift my focus right there, hey, there were some great things about this day. I remember this and that, and I'm so happy about that. Um, but when you do it over time, your your focus becomes almost permanently shift. In other words, you'll start to find yourself, or at least I do, as I go through the day when something good happens, I think, oh, I can yes. put this on my list tonight. Um, so and then something else will go to hop on and go, oh, that's even better. No, that's going on the list. You know, your mind starts scanning for and remembering the good in the moment when it happens versus, you know, I know we've all had this, right? 80 things went well and right in your day. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon, something horrible went wrong or happened and it becomes deemed this was a bad day. I had a bad, you know, you see your husband that evening. How was your day? Ah, oh, it was not a good day. 
Actually, it was a great day for 80% of the day, but we're so focused on the one thing that didn't go well. And what I find is keeping the gratitude journal sort of reverses that and makes me put more emphasis on and notice the 80% that went right um, more so than maybe the 20% that didn't. And you know, what you said is critical for us to hear because what you did was immediately told your husband about that one thing that went wrong. So when we retell the bad stuff, that's what we tend to remember. But by keeping a gratitude journal, we are remembering and retelling ourselves about the good stuff. And that's what we then tend to remember. And what that does for us in the future days and weeks and months to come is when we have that bad happen, the, the catastrophe or the job layoff, something bad happens in our life, because we have filled our hearts and our journals with all of these things that we're grateful for, then we are in that mode of being thankful for the little things, moment by moment. And so those major things that happen in our life don't knock the, the wool out from under, don't knock the rug out from under us. It doesn't take us off balance. It allows us to see that God is good even in the midst of the negative things that may be happening. Mm-hmm. And, and isn't it fascinating that we all have that tendency when someone asks, how are you doing or what's new with you or how was your day? We always have a tendency to tell the most dramatically bad thing mm-hmm. that we're dealing with right now. And I think it's because we, we like the sympathy, you know, we, we like the um, part of it is it's like, you know, oh, this, you know, someone will, will encourage me and that will feel good. And then part of it is that because that's how society works. It's almost like you're expected to, um, it's boring if you just say, hey, I'm great. How are you? (laughs) Exactly. We live in the reality world. Mm -hmm. Right. That was not an exciting story. You know, (laughs) Um, here, here, sit down. Let me tell you what happened to me today. (laughs) Exactly. So, but you're right. You know, then we're only perpetuating, uh, you know, the, the negative thoughts. So here's, you know, my best advice, as we've said, is to um, get some sort of little notebook, um, put it by your bed with a pen or a pencil, um, and just begin writing down the date and jotting down three to five things each night that you're thankful for. Nothing more, nothing less. Do it right before you go to sleep. Not two hours before, but right before you go to sleep. The other thing that I can suggest is maybe once a week or once a month, um, you know, maybe at the end of the month, uh, try to tell someone what you appreciate about them or something they've done lately that was um, encouraging to you. Like just like a verbal eye to eye, hey, thanks so much for such and such. You know, it had this impact on me and I really truly appreciate you and I want you to know I'm grateful for you. If you can do that face-to-face, great. If not, write them a letter and mail it um, or, or email it if you have to. That's going to A, raise your gratitude level and B, raise theirs. So you get a good night's sleep and they get a good night's sleep. I love it. So gratitude is the best way to get a good night's sleep. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others this week. We'll see you back here next week, but I also want to tell you, we have many live events coming your way. 
So if you want to be a part of Encouragement Cafe and join us for a day, please get on encouragementcafe.com and find a location near you and join us for a fun day filled with encouragement. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Encouragement Cafe would like to send you our coloring book devotional for a gift of any amount. Find out how to get your copy at encouragementcafe.com.